Hello everyone, KJ here, just coming to let you know that much like last week's episode, we got some trigger warnings for you on this one. We'll be talking about some pretty major transphobia, queerphobia, homophobia, anti-Semitism, and just some pretty awful white supremacist, just, just shit, just shit. And if any of that's going to be difficult for you or flat out impossible for you to listen to, please feel free to skip this one, share this one around with those, particularly those who might consider themselves trans allies, if they need to hear a little something about how allyship is an actionable step, not just a word that you get to, t- to own, it's one you have to earn. So with that in mind, let's get on with the show. Queer Mo is the Queer Mo cast. It's the Queer Mo is the Queer Mo cast. Welcome to the Queer Mo cast. With KJ and Shim Sham. With KJ and Shim Sham. Yeah! Oh my goodness, hello. I don't know if you heard that, but Blue just said hello. <laughs> my cat oh. Blue's on the floor. Blue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Queer Mo cast. I'm Welcome. KJ. Welcome. Uh, KJ pronouns are they, them. And over here, we have Miss Mama Shim Sham. Hello. I'm sh- hello, I'm Shim Sham. They, them, he, him, she, her. They're all great. Oh, such a delight. Oh my goodness. Equal opportunity over here. Um, I'm an equal opportunity slut. Exactly. She's taking the word back. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Mama, we were just talking about it a little bit, but how are we today? You know, yeah, exactly. I'm a little bit low energy and it could be a little bit influenced by knowing uh, we're going into part two (laughs) of doomsday (laughs) prepping. Uh, (laughs) And so maybe it's a little bit influenced by like, I just want to feel good again. (laughs) (laughs) When will the lamb stop screaming? (laughs) Oh. No, uh, uh, Silence of the Lambs is a much happier movie than this. Absolutely. <laughs> and probably better trans representation, sadly. We're off to a great start. Did, we've talked about this. There's a comedian out of somewhere in California, I don't know where, Mm-mm. who did a It Gets Better video from the perspective of Buffalo Bill. <laughs> I forgot about this. Oh no. It's sick and dark and I love it. But I know anyway. sometimes sometimes you got to lean in. You got to lean into where it's a little sick and dark. It actually weirdly makes you feel better. It gets better. <laughs> oh my god. So, oh, okay, no. well there's that indeed. Um I personally I'm uh, so as as I've stated before, I teach two classes in a row in the mornings. I teach a, a dance class and then a water class. So I've already I've already been like up and about and doing stuff since like you know six thirty this morning. And right I am, about it. I know. So uh, honestly, it would be more of a brag if I said that I stayed in bed until eleven. That would be impressive. Because um, <laughs> I can't do that. I'm, I'm not very good at it. Um, also, because my internal clock is like, go to bed at ten, wake up at six. So that's become my. I know we're circadians. one we're one week post springing ahead, Ugh. and I hate it. 
I hate it. <laughs> it's been terrible. I think I'm starting to catch up now. And I know we both listened to the episode. Uh, Mike and Aubrey talked about it on maintenance phase about how like, you know, you know, the, the whole sleep loss ep- uh, epidemic, blah, blah, blah. Brian Wansink. Um, No, not Brian Wansink. This that was um, uh, someone else who's wrong. Uh, <laughs> I forget his name. Michael something, I think. Um, and but in my own personal experience of springing ahead, I'm always disoriented and off for at least two or three days afterwards. It oh, throws yeah. everything All off. All that proved was the research on car crashes was bad. That's true. That's true. They <laughs> didn't necessarily fucks... argue against us feeling like shit. Yeah, I would um, say, it fucks everybody up for sure. It just sucks. And... You know, and then for for a couple of days afterwards, like we also we had the full moon last week, and I don't care what anybody says, the kids are weird during the full moon. They always are. Oh. Um, and and let me tell you, the blood oh. clots differently during the full moon. I tell oh. you, everybody's <laughs> everybody's pro thrombin time was off that day. And you're just like, God, what, spring ahead, the full moon, everything's falling apart. <laughs> Like, it's just, no, I, but I, no, I'm, I'm just now kind of starting to catch up. But of course, um, we're still moving. So like I was telling you before we hit record, our house is now officially covered in boxes, which, you know, oh. is fine. <laughs> it's fine. Um, she says as she cries. I mean, it's <laughs> definitely, it feels better to have it done. Then it does, you know what I mean? Then it then it hurts to have boxes everywhere because we know that's temporary. We're moving Friday and Saturday and Sunday next week. We've got the weekend to move. I f- officially took off Friday, Saturday, and I and not Sunday because I could I couldn't find subs for Friday and Sunday. So I'm getting subs for Friday though. I'm not I'm not I'm not teaching on Friday, which means that I can and I have subs for Saturday, which means I can actually focus on moving. Which anybody who knows me knows I'm that person who's like, I have to stop doing this for two hours so I can go teach and then I'll come back and I'll finish this. Cause finding subs is a a pain in the ass and also losing the income sucks. And also it just feels uncomfortable for me to give up work hours, which I'm working on. We're working on it. Like I was saying, I just I just need to feel better about like taking time to rest. Actually, one of my uh, one of my <laughs> one of my assignments from my therapist is to sit and journal three times this week, which is a meditative thing that I used to do all the time. And it was just time I spent doing nothing and just like sitting and just writing and putting on music and lighting incense. And they were like, you need to do that three times this week. That's your assignment. And I was like. Yay, homework from therapy. <laughs> so anyway, um, but how about you? I, I know that you had said that, that, that you know, with, uh, with spring ahead and also uh, you, your, your sleeping's been a little off. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, just, just kind of blah, you know, um, work's been crazy busy. And yeah, so just going through a blah phase. We're in that part of March where the wind chill on Friday night was negative five. So uh, we're, it's March. We're all ready for spring, but we're still having snow and negative five wind chills. So um, I think I, I'm, I'm as a feel good activity. I'm 
visualizing what I want to do to my backyard this summer. Oh, tell I'm us gonna, more. I'm going to put up a fence for some privacy. Because Ooh. every time I make eye contact with my neighbors, I feel like I got to say hi and have a conversation. And sometimes you just want to go pass out on the lawn, you know? No. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to put up a fence for some privacy. And then I'm going to put in um, some decorative stones around the fire pit. So then I can put out some patio furniture. And it's going to be wonderful. Oh, I'm actually really excited for that because I don't, I, I think I've mentioned this before, but for the first time since moving to Minneapolis, I'm going to have a yard to like put things in so jay and i are talking about like some patio furniture that we want to get um we're gonna get our fire pit back from james and janet if they still have it if they don't i'm just gonna get a new one because we can actually have like fires in the yard and sit outside and i can bring my kiddie pool back out again which i love uh in the summer my little (laughs) kiddie pool um it's a watermelon (laughs) <laughs> it's an inflatable <laughs> watermelon it's just so nice because like i can't have like a full-size pool and sometimes i don't want to be around other people i just want to read in a, in a in a weird little little vinyl tub full of cold water is that so uh, wrong no <laughs> thank goodness because if it's if it is wrong i don't want to be right you don't want to be me. right i don't want to be right i'm gonna drink this non-alcoholic ipa you can't stop me oh her and her ipa I do love it. The Blood Orange IPA from Bravos, which is a non-alcoholic craft brew. Uh, it's something special. All right. Have you have anyway. you picked us a tarot for I day? have. It's sitting right in front of me. We're ready to go. Today we have the Seven of Swords from the Love is Love Pride deck. Tell us oh. a little something about it, Mama. Well, she's a queer sailor, and she's got mm-hmm. all these swords, and she's sneaking off with the swords because she's gonna go. She's gonna go hook up with someone from Grinder. That's what she's doing. <laughs> and she needs the swords with her to be like, "Don't try it, ho. Don't mm-hmm. try it." Uh- <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna hook up with someone from Grinder, always bring your rape whistle and always bring your uh, conceal and carry. Oh my god. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> so the, the detail that's hard to see here is that they're they're a marine and it says on on um this individual's arms, don't ask, don't tell, DADT 2011, uh, when it was repealed. And the uh the the commentary on this card in the the guidebook for this deck talks about how the artist was trying to conceptualize the idea that if you that that when you are having to conceal who you are, you're constantly feeling like terror about being outed. And with Don't Ask, Don't Tell in place, we really, really did see a number of soldiers who were closeted and realized that they were going to lose everything that they had worked for if they had if they were outed, if they got caught and have stealing these swords, having the five five out of the seven swords are in the sailor's arms and that's to make sure that you have weapons to 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 utilize when you get cornered or caught or get in trouble. And I think based on what we've been talking about in these episodes, there's a lot here because as queer individuals, we're up against it a lot of the time. And whatever progress that we make forward, there's always people that want to take us back. And right now we are seeing huge, not just steps back, we're seeing giant leaps 
backwards right now for queer, trans, LGBTQ, everything in in, in the United States, in the UK. Uh, it's 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 a scary time. And making sure that we are equipped with the weapons that we that we need, and that doesn't necessarily always have to mean physical weapons. That can be a metaphor. Um, but making sure that we are equipped and ready for that fight is super important. And whether we're exhausted and we need a little break or we're ready to be on the front lines, where you fit into that as a queer person ultimately is up to you. But the this card tells us, uh, also the back, um, red in the morning, sailor take warning, is, is the background of the card. Um, we're, at, we're at that red in the morning space right now. Um, the storm has not is the, the storm isn't even coming anymore. It's 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 upon us. Um, and in whatever way you can, we do have to be prepared to fight. This is not this is not so we, we can either let it happen to us or we can do something about it. That's what this card is really, really saying right now. And I'm wondering, does that stir anything for you? How does that make you feel right now? Oh, how does that make me feel? Um. <laughs> How does it make me feel? Oh, no, I mean, we're going... We're What year is it? 2023? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, in theory, I, it could it could be 3037. It could be 1942. I don't know. I'm yeah, losing track. So, like, um... You know, for... Yeah, uh, 2024 is going to be a very important election. And it's going to be very yeah. exhausting. And so it's got me thinking about that. But it also has me thinking about smaller elections. You know, uh, Wisconsin is electing a Supreme Court judge. And... Ayo. um And it's, ver it's a nut job versus a somewhat moderate. So it's like, the moderate is the more liberal candidate, so that's who we need. But, um, but I also uh, don't like it when people... She's a judge, so I think that's why she's trying to be moderate. Because a judge is supposed to be nonpartisan, in theory. Exactly. Um, so maybe it is a good thing she's trying to portray herself that way, but... Um, I, I am. I'm in a place where anybody portraying themselves as a moderate, I don't even like. Um, and there were there was a more liberal candidate uh, for Supreme Court that um, didn't get the pick. Anyway, what am I saying? What am I saying is it makes me think of elections because that is definitely a place where we do have power. There's lots of other work to be done for sure. Elections aren't the only place to be fighting, but it definitely has me thinking about elections. How about you? I mean, based on what what, you know, we're talking about today, it makes it makes me it makes me think about how Queer people have been at the forefront of a lot of fights alongside other marginalized groups for a very long time. And it does often fall on marginalized groups to fight for their own rights and also fight for the rights of others. Because again, if we're not all free, we're not all free, right? Just because I'm free doesn't mean that we all are. And that is, um, there is a lot of truth to that. Um, and with what we're talking about today and what we talked about last week, this also serves as a message to cis people and people who this maybe doesn't directly impact. Your comfort and your ability to ignore this is a privilege. 
And that's, again, doesn't make you a bad person. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just something that needs to be recognized and needs to be very firmly and clearly stated. It's a privilege for you to get to ignore trans issues. It's a privilege to not have to live with this all the time. And it's also now heterosexual, cisgendered people's jobs to do better, to learn more and actually get involved with this, because that's the only way we get out of this. We only make up a small portion of the population. And right now, the way we're going to get out of this is by helping those individuals see where, where they can actually fit into all of this and help them feel more comfortable fitting into all of this. But we can't do that until they're able to contend with the fact that they do have a dog in this fight. We all do. They're trying to take rights away from everybody. This, this deals with abortion. This deals with right to right. You know what I mean? This deals with a lot of, lot of things. And I know that. Oh, sorry. No, I was, I was trying to figure out a way to end that. And my brain was just like, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. That just made me think if you haven't gotten there already, not everybody has, you definitely have to be to understand that trans rights are women's rights. Those are very important things to equate. And not everyone does. Mm-hmm. That's one of the fear mongering, 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 <laughs> mongering, mongering. Uh, that's one of the fear mongering <laughs> techniques is to be like mm-hmm. men are going into the women's bathroom and yep. trans We're women gonna are talk not a little bit more men. about that later. Yeah, no, trans women are not men anyway. But so we're like scaring women, and first of all, the fact that men are seen as predators is it's a problem. That's a it's a problem with our gender norms (laughs) that men are seen as predators, and we put the onus on the woman to be like, so you should always carry your keys in your hand like a knife. (laughs) Yes. Because all it's men always on the victim. You all the time. Yep. Right now. They're doing it. Anyway. Um but also <laughs> like anyway, it's anyway, that just with abortion the way the way it is, and just we, we just need to equate those and make sure if you're not on board, get on board. Trans You gotta rights get on board. <laughs> and women's rights are different but also the same. Mm-hmm. And we, we got to get you we'll, on the bus. And, and if you don't <laughs> understand that, maybe we'll do a deep dive on that later. But we don't got time now because KJ's got to depress me real quick here. <laughs> Just real quick for the next 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> also, we OK, we we kind of started to get into some of this already. So I just want to. Just want to backtrack for just a second. And sorry, I have a lot of physical energy right now. Sitting no, still is, just, is really difficult. I, I'm and trying to I'm, I'm flailing I'm, my arms everywhere. And mama started started to mirror me. I know. <laughs> and I, and I was of, doing it even... halfway to wake myself up. I just cannot wake up. No, today. <laughs> I just didn't realize how much I was gesturing until I saw you doing it too. And you were my living mirror. And I was like, I am. I am like, I have a lot of, of pent up energy because this has been a lot to... A lot to, uh, to to research, a lot to think about um, and kind of live with and also find ways to like m- like get it into a, a a channelable. I can't even think of a word right now it to, to to distill it down to something that we can actually get out to people in a coherent fashion is a lot. I was telling mama we could do a three or four part series on this and still not hit it all, but we can't. 
We've like, mm-hmm. I, I emotionally can't do it. There's actually a lot of stuff today I was going to include. I started taking screenshots. I started getting ready to, to have things to send to you to read. And I was like, I can't look at it anymore. <laughs> so we're going to talk, talk through some of it, but some of it we're just going to kind of talk about briefly and move on. But before we talk about any of it, I have to say, I put this at the beginning of the episode, but just a reminder, this does come with a pretty big set of trigger warnings. We've got transphobia, we have queerphobia, we have homophobia, we have uh, turf, uh, turf and gender critical theory being pushed left, right, and center. We have anti-Semitism. We have white supremacy. We have like violence towards people, towards the towards minority groups. It's just, it's a lot. So if that's all going to be too much of a bummer or just impossible for you to listen to, we will see. We will see you next week when we get to our palate cleanser, a cleanser episode. For now, it's okay if you do turn this off. But once again, I just like to say, if you do have anybody in your life who needs to hear some of this, feel free to send it to them. We'll f- happily torture them for you <laughs> if they need to hear some of this. Because um, if 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 you listened to last week's episode, you know some of this is very tortured. Um, but anyway. Uh, before we get to all of that, I also have a quick correction from last week. Um, we talked about the star in the center of Gringotts Bank in the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone film. Um, it was pointed out to me, and I also did find a couple of articles after we finished recording and after we put the episode out, as I was doing more research, that stated that that um, where the Gring- Gringotts was filmed is actually the Australia House in London, and that's where the Australia High Commission is housed, and that's where they filmed it. So Australia has that type of star on its flag. So it's actually a star based on the Australian flag. So that's why that, that symbol is there. However, as I continue to dig, even though it's not specifically a Star of David, the choice to keep it and not CGI it out, which given the amount of effects there are in the movie, would not have been that impossible, wasn't the best choice on the part of production. And Jewish critics and activists have also pointed out that it does fall in line with a bunch of decisions that did not look great next to the rex of de- the, the depictions of the banks and the way the goblins look. It, 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 offers, it offers something to this tapestry of, again, not direct anti-Semitism, but anti-Semitic undertones that the more you see them, the, the harder they get to ignore. So I just wanted to make that correction. It, it is not a Star of David, as some articles were saying. However, because it appears that way, and also the goblins literally look like Nazi-era propaganda posters about Jewish people, that's not a great look, right? So... We just, I wanted to point that out, but also just like, not necessarily defend our stance, but just say that there's more to it than one thing or the other. It can be both at the same time. Both and, kind right. of. And Any thoughts on a, that before we move on? As an avid <laughs> D&D player, goblins are not associated with money. In any no, war. not not often. <laughs> so to ha- to have goblins be in charge in charge of money is a very specific choice in the Harry Potter universe because uh, goblins from mythology are stupid creatures, <laughs> so they would not be in charge yeah. of banks. <laughs> and sometimes they're sometimes they're pilferers or plunderers, right? Mm-hmm. Or they, you know what I mean? Or they're kind of in line with trolls. Yeah, um, several trolls. So. Are stronger (laughs) or stronger and bigger um so so yeah it's again there's 
there's a lot of different interpretations to a lot of things, but I just wanted to point that out, that that's a correction I wanted to make, but also to point out that there are still critiques of all that. I don't want to negate those critiques, but also want to make sure that, like I said, this, this research, I'm, by the way, I should say like, just to just give myself a little, like to take the pressure off myself a little bit. I am doing all of the research for this on my own. We don't have anybody to like fact check against. We don't have a team of people like reading over my notes and making sure I'm getting it. So I did miss that one and I will take ownership of that. And also I have to give myself the teensiest break because I'm reading a lot of articles right now. <laughs> and right, and also so. just to throw it out there, even though it should be obvious that uh, we're not journalists. <laughs> we're not like we may be wrong and we definitely invite critique. So if something irks yes. you, definitely email us. But please do it with um, a kind heart because we mean all of this well-intentioned. Uh, and these are difficult conversations. So sometimes me and KJ might be like thinking about difficult things in real time. <laughs> So, uh, that we sometimes, might, yeah. So <laughs> we we might have reactions that aren't always the best, and and that's okay. We're learning and growing. So exactly, and but but yes, I also thank you, thank you for saying that because I also don't don't want to say that to say don't don't point it out to me. The person who pointed it out to me was very very kind. It's a friend of mine. Um, she she and I are very very close and we we understand each other very well. We had a good conversation back and forth about it and but but, but she was absolutely correct. There was a factual inaccuracy that needed to be addressed. So, I wanted to make sure that we addressed that. And with that, mama, I would like to just kind of however you feel like doing this. I'd like a little recap of last time. Whatever you remember, whatever you'd like to 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 roll out for us. Where are we at right now? So, so far, J.K. Rowling is a complicated picture. She's a woman in an abusive, who was in an abusive relationship. She had to flee from that relationship with a child. Uh, she's kind of a rags-to-riches story. So there's like an admirable quality to her. And then on the other side, we um, started reading about the people J.K. Rowling is saying, I agree with these people, and they're very transphobic, and instead of instead of being like me and KJ just now, what we did, where we were like, we might be wrong about certain things, please let us know with a kind heart, instead of that, uh, J.K. Rowling seems to be doubling down and being like, no, I'm right, and let me tell you why. So, but so far, she's not a demon in the story, and again, KJ's been doing the research, not me. So, so far, she's just kind of this complicated picture of a woman who has suffered Suffered some abuse, has been through some turbulent stuff in her life, and maybe she's transphobic. But will she come around, KJ? Will she learn the error of her ways? Um, I was going to do a whole like, I guess we shall see, but I'm just gonna give you a spoiler alert. No, no, she what? doesn't. No. She really does not. <laughs> I'm sorry to spoil the ending for you, but no, it only gets worse from here. Oh, no. So <laughs> So last time we left it on uh, J.K. Rowling being kind of in 
with some really unsavory people now. In the last three years, last three to four years, she has started to really get behind people like Matt Walsh, who we'll talk about later. Matt Walsh is a right-wing writer and podcaster for The Matt Walsh Show and also writes for The Daily Wire, a right-wing rag of a newspaper. Not even a newspaper. It's an online publication. Um, who... Uh, has raised his profile by spreading grotesque conspiracy theories about grooming and pedophilia in the LGBTQ community, amongst many other terrible things. She now has linked up with him. Also, Helen Joyce and not Parker Posey, who we love, Posey Parker, uh, both gender critical theory uh, turfs who have called for some pretty horrific horrific erasure of the trans community. She likes and has been working directly with them. She also uh, has worked to prevent Scotland from passing legislation that would make being trans just a little bit easier. She was their most vocal critic and put the most money behind making sure it didn't happen. So we're going to get to all of that. So that's just a little, a little spattering of just spoiling the ending for you. She's trash, and it's only going to get harder from here. So, well, right away, <laughs> I'm upset that a transphobe shares a name so similar to Parker Posey because we love exactly. Parker. We Ooh. love her, and I had to keep telling myself, Posey Parker, don't don't mess that up. I do not. Parker Posey is a delightful queer icon. <laughs> we love her and her. Chain She's amazing, smoking. and uh, <laughs> oh, her chain smoking and. Some of her questionable roles. <laughs> no, I love I love everything about her. She has been no. But um, so we're actually gonna take a little a little stroll over. We're gonna have a little bit of media interjected oh. here for the first time. Yeah. Uh, well, second time. Um, because we had we've had songs here before. But there is I, I mentioned to you, I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the episode last week. There is a YouTuber who our our good friend Junko, friend of the pod, and also uh, co-host in the past Hi, has turned us on to um, uh, called the Jimquisition and it's James Stephanie Sterling a trans femme non-binary individual who has worked for many many years as a reporter and uh, and a critic within the video game industry and just recently made a video about JK Rowling and her transphobia the people that she's in line with and also hogwarts legacy and has a lot of very specific opinions i've distilled some of that video down to some major points and mom and i are just going to take a little time to watch that and i'm going to cut a little bit of that in here right now so i'm going to share this with you really quickly i'm gonna share the screen with you and we're just gonna have a little watch and a little listen through part uh, uh what 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 stephan james james stephanie sterling has to say about J.K. Rowling and some research that you and I will then do a little bit of more of a deep dive into. So one second, let me share the screen with you so you can hear it. Here we go. And I'll press play. Here we go. Give me a thumbs up if you can hear it, okay? Hey. Rowling couches her hatred in plausible deniability, but her daily obsessive takes on us, her constant comparisons of trans women to men, her verbatim repetition of gender-critical talking points makes her feelings clear. She follows, is best friends with, and outright claims to be one of the many prominent TERFs, trans-exclusive radical feminists these days rebranded to gender-criticals. Her slide into open fascism as a result has been horrifying. She is a fan of Matt Walsh, a fascist so into fascism that he self-describes as one and has made a career from accusing LGBTQ people of the very pedophilia he himself seems to be a fan of. She's liked tweets from the abjectly abhorrent libs of TikTok account, 
a notorious right-wing platform that outs queer people and is used to organize attacks against drag shows as well as threats against hospitals. She retweets unscientific drivel by queer phobes like Baroness Nicholson. She stands with Maya Forstatter, who, after losing her job at a progressive organization over demeaning anti-trans comments, has dedicated her life to combating trans rights. She once sent accidental transphobic profanity to a nine-year-old girl after pasting a comment from an anti-trans website she was reading and copying at the time. She claimed her liking of transphobic tweets was just her fingers slipping, honest, and now she's an ardent supporter of Helen Joyce. While we're, while we're trying to get through to the decision makers, we have to try to limit the harm. And that means reducing or keeping down the number of people who transition. Every one of those people is basically you know, a huge problem to a sane world. Like if you've got people, that, and whether they're transitioned, whether they're happily transitioned, whether they're unhappily transitioned, whether they're detransitioned, if you've got people who've dissociated from their sex in some way, every one of those people is someone who needs special accommodation. Every one of them is a difficulty. Here's GC figurehead Posey Parker telling cis men to patrol women's bathrooms on the hunt for trans women. Talking about you dads, who maybe carry, I think that's what you say. Uh, I'm so done with the American lingo. Maybe you carry, maybe you don't. Uh, maybe you consider yourself a protector of women. Maybe you're that sort of man. Um, maybe you have a daughter or a mother or a wife. Uh, maybe you have a sister. Maybe you just have some friends. Maybe you just think women are human and you don't need any absolute connection with them to feel compelled to protect us. Um, I think you should start using women's toilets, men. So we're going to stop that there for now. We'll come back to this in a little bit. Um, that was a lot. And uh, we're, we're, we're going to break some of that down here in a bit. But just some general mm. thoughts that came out of that. Um, so... <laughs> There's so much, I know. That was a lot to take in. Yeah, it's... These people feel very, very threatened by people transitioning their gender. And I just... I honestly don't understand. Even if you are ignorant to... Mm -hmm. um, trans people and, the tra and being and having trans identities, even if you're ignorant to that and you just don't understand it. I don't understand the fear and the, uh, because um, also kind of like what we talked about, a huge part of this transphobia is rooted in um, kind of the sense that men are innately predators in a way. And it's like, well, part of part of a more gender inclusive society would mean that we're raising our men and boys to not be predators who sexually assault people. And so then we wouldn't even but that's not the right train of thought either. Like I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around it, I think, and I I can't because th there's a huge thing about bathrooms. And first of all, I've gone to LGBTQ conferences where all the bathrooms were not 
uh, gender segregated, and it was wonderful. It was just yeah. wonderful. All the bathrooms, and they were public bathrooms, and it didn't matter. Everyone was using the same bathrooms, and it was the saddest thing. So this conference was in Kansas City, and so we were at this super queer mecca of a conference and then Mm -hmm. on our way back we stopped at a wisconsin rest stop and it was just the saddest thing to be like confronted with this heavily gendered situation again and all the trans people we were with being like what bathroom do i use because this doesn't work anyway so i'm having a lot of complicated thoughts and opinions so i really don't even know what to zero in on what about what's going on with you well, and what what I'm hearing to kind of kind of like like give give you back what 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 I'm so, sort of hearing reading between the lines is you're trying to find a coherent reason for them to believe this so strongly. And that is a natural thing. Wanting to understand another person's point of view is a part of the human experience that they are absolutely not willing to engage with, right? They're just not willing to engage with that. Because it would require them to have to really dig deep about why they feel so strongly about something that they think impacts them so deeply, but really doesn't if you just break it down a little tiny bit or if you start finding holes in their argument. But that's the thing. You spending so much time and energy trying to understand their point of view disarms you in a lot of ways. It disarms us from being able to actually attack what's happening there because it's so confusing and baffling. So yeah, like like it's it's no wonder you have you're 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 so like you're you're trying to find the coherent line of it, and the reality just is that there just isn't one, you know. There just there really is no coherent way to look at their beliefs because they're not even willing to contend with their own, uh, their own bullshit. You know what I mean? With their own missing pieces of their argument. Um, and it's almost if they, like if they even call it that. Turfs almost. It sounds like they're so afraid that trans people are taking away their female identity that, um, but it's almost like they relish the fact that women suffer in the world. It's like, then you're erasing... Isn't it strange? Yeah, it's like you're erasing the lived experience of women, because all women suffer. And it's like... And we've talked about this on the last episode. Women do not have a universal experience across the world. There are lots no. of similarities, of course. But, like, American white women do not have the same experience. Well, honest, frankly, not all American white women have the same experience. <laughs> so it's like... <laughs> no! Yeah, so... And uh, I'm... Ugh. It's it's too much. It's too much. No, exactly. And you spend so much time and energy trying to like, like really get to the heart of their argument that it makes it difficult to even find your own argument to say back, right? Um, in those moments. And to 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 your story earlier, I still I still deal with that. Like I I some days forget that I have gone out into the world feeling really good about how I look and looking the way that I want to look. I forget that that looks any other way than just how other people would normally see a person. And yeah, then I go into a bathroom and I'm immediately reminded that I'm not, I am not in a safe place. When you're in a Um, really queer space, it does. Everything just starts to wash away. And you're just like, none of this matters. Everyone has their own identity. 
I mean, two different trans women have a different identity of what it means to be. And that's so this masculine and feminine ideas and the blending of them and what makes a woman and what makes a man, they're always being blurred. Because here in the Midwest, I feel like a woman... Anyway, I don't know. I'm trying to, like, define things, and my brain's going off on tangents, and I really just think we should accept everybody for the, how they identify. And I'm not I'm not here to tell you you're wrong about that. You know what I mean? I'm not in any... Like, I, I agree. Um, the problem is, is that there are a lot of people out there who don't agree with us, and that's where again, action versus not action does come into play again, right? Because just saying, I think that everybody should be equal isn't actually actionable, right? right? And that's where it's and then then that's where it's so frustrating because I don't disagree with you about that. But that doesn't create meaningful change, no matter how much we just scream into the void that that's what we believe, right? And that's where a lot of white moderates. Yeah, I tell my cats all the time that I'm pro trans rights. And I think that creates valuable change. (laughs) (laughs) well we all know what sandwich thought before (laughs) i'm just kidding sandwich is beautiful she's beautiful and lovely (laughs) it was soda Uh (laughs) okay so we're gonna just kind of do a little and i'm gonna try to keep it little a little dive into some of these key players that jk rowling has found herself in line with whether she is actively engaging with them supporting them in an open or behind closed doors way these are the people that jk rowling has decided are major players in her own belief system as well as what she wants to see happen in the world these are what those people these are some of the things those people believe so we're gonna start off with matt walsh he's here in the united states like i said before he is a a very far right uh individual who's been around actually for quite a while um some of the some of the things we're going to read are from back in like 2011 2010 and you might be you might be thinking oh well a lot a lot can change in a decade right we've changed a lot in a decade things have changed they've gotten worse um we're going to read something from about 10 years ago and we're going to read something from very recently um so i've just put something in the chat this is i'm gonna say i'm making you the voice of matt walsh and i apologize I apologize in advance. Um, This is something that he wrote about a decade ago. All right. Our Our founding fathers had very specific goals in mind. They were willing to back them up with guns and violent force. He said at a Tea Party rally during this time... Doubling down on these comments shortly afterward, he'd tell his radio listeners, if you want extreme change, you must take extreme action. You have to make people hurt. In another video, Unearthed in November by Canadian YouTuber, YouTubers The Surfs, Walsh hits operatic heights of derangement. In a rant that clocks in at just under two minutes, he brushes off accusations of child molestation by ex-cardinal and registered sex offender Theodore McCarrick, claims that Asia Argento, who was raped by Harvey Weinstein when she was 21, kept going back for the sake of power and clout in the industry, and challenges the notion that sex should be considered good or bad based on whether it's consensual. 
So those are some of the things that Matt Walsh believes. He believes that somebody who was sexually assaulted and raped by Harvey Weinstein should uh, kept kept going back because she wanted power and clout. That that's the reason that 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 it happened. He brushes off accusations of sex offenders in the in in the in the Catholic Church. He uh, challenges the notion that sex is good or bad based based on whether or not it's consensual. Basically, meaning whether or not it's consensual or not doesn't matter. Sex is always good. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't, consent doesn't matter. These are some of the beliefs he was touting about a decade ago. Um, you'd imagine that somebody might be able to like change a little bit, right? Maybe, maybe move on from some of those things. Maybe realize that some of those things are maybe awful, right? Terrible things to say. I bet now he thinks, golly, I have a lot to learn. Well, from an article Transphobe of the Year, Matt Walsh from the New Republic in December 27th of 2022. So just a few short months ago. This is by Indigo Olivier. Um, In August of 2022, after Walsh called for an organized effort against medical facilities that butcher children, Boston's Children's Hospital, home to the first pediatric and adolescent transgender health program, received its first bomb threat. Walsh, undeterred by the real-world effect of his fear-mongering, continued to push the claim that the hospital was mutilating children. When the hospital received its second bomb threat in early September, Walsh claimed it was a false alarm and a leftist hoax. This helped lead to the Protecting Children from Gender Mutilation Act, introduced in the Tennessee legislature in November of 2022. Boston Children's Hospital received its third bomb threat the following week. Three days later, at 11.56 p.m. on November 19th, 911 received a call in Colorado. An AR-15-wielding 22-year-old dressed in body armor had fired a barrage of shots into a crowded nightclub, Club Q, killing five and injuring 17 as patrons enjoyed a drag show. So that's a timeline of events from just a few months last year at the end of the year. This man has also said that he is a fascist and proud of being labeled a fascist and has continued to push this type of rhetoric even while being screamed at by people on kind of both sides of the on, on both sides that this is causing violence this is this rhetoric is causing violence here's how JK Rowling plays into all of this oh, no. Matt Walsh made a made a movie uh, uh, he made a film called hang on let me back up here um here it is i copy and pasted it and now i cannot find it you know um oh the documentary was called what is a woman oh no and uh uh-huh and jk rowling uh and uh matt walsh got into a twitter back and forth um about because uh, there was an individual who made a bunch of anti-trans statements and then backtracked on them after she was called out for them. And Matt Walsh uh, called her out for backtracking, basically saying, you gave in to the woke mob, right? And uh, J.K. Rowling basically said, uh, until you have experienced what women experience from these from from these people meaning trans people calling out she's like death threats and rape threats from from like like trans individuals and trans activists she's like until you understand what these women have to go through don't you say a word so she's trying to defend this woman 
but defending them on the grounds that trans people are dangerous people who are threatening people and trying to hurt them. And then Matt Walsh tweeted back, I respect the courage you've shown on this issue, J.K. Rowling, but many people have simply caved to the demands of trans activists and completely surrendered truth and reality to them. The cowards are also villains in the story. They need to be held accountable. And J.K. Rowling tweeted back, And your film did a good job exposing the incoherence of gender identity theory and some of the harms it's done. Many institutions I used to admire have uncritically embraced this dogma, but I reserve my ire for them rather than shouting coward at individual women. So you'll notice she is fine with holding like trans advocacy groups accountable for calling out transphobia and transphobic rhetoric and defends this other woman who backtracked her who, who backtracked her trans statements but not because she backtracked the trans statements but because she did it because she was being threatened by trans activists and again she's she's putting all that together there there isn't any necessarily any evidence that she was being like threatened to be raped by you know what i mean by by trans people so there's a there's a lot of like editorializing going on here a lot of like imagined worlds mike and aubrey love to talk about that on maintenance phase like people creating imaginary worlds in their heads where this thing might happen this thing could happen or one person did it so that means everybody in that movement is that way right right they're they're feelings <laughs> facts it's what the right mm-hmm. and republicans love they love feelings facts it feels right <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have actual evidence that it's incorrect, they believe yeah. the feelings facts more. Exactly. And so that's one person that J.K. Rowling has not not just said that that she agrees with, but also is like engaging in thoughtful discourse with. She sees his ideas as valid enough to have actual back and forth discourse with that person. You don't have that type of discourse with someone that you dismiss outright. And the reason we know this is because when people who don't agree with her call her out on things, she sends her lawyers after them or threatens to send her lawyers after them. So we know, and I'm not going to get into this very much because again, we don't have time to get into all of this, but this happened very recently. So I just wanted to bring this up. Uh, J.K. Rowling says she's misunderstood and uh, threatens queer actor over Nazi comment. So a queer actor named J.J. Wells has recently apologized for re- and retracted his comments, likening Rowling to Nazis. In a now-deleted tweet, he tagged Rowling and wrote, To think you were once an icon to me, I think you absolutely have views that align with the Nazis. She tweeted back at him, What's your solicitor's view on this Nazi accusation? Would they advise you to defend it in court? So she's basically saying, you want to you want to backtrack that or I'm going to I'm going to come after you. And she has done this before. This is not the only example of this. Also, I love that what she's he said your views align with not like. Honestly, it's the most diplomatic insult I've ever heard. <laughs> he didn't say yes. you're a Nazi, even. And you know what? Her views do a lot. And as I'm saying, and I'm like, is J.K. Rowling going to come after us? 
I know. I was actually, <laughs> I started thinking that a little bit too. I'm like, I don't think we're big time enough for no, that. No, not at all. <laughs> but, but it's it's true. <laughs> and, and that's what she's doing. She's throwing her weight around and her power is money. That is the only power she has. But money is powerful. Money's very powerful. We're actually going to talk a little bit more about that later. And these people that she's in line with are also at the helm of creating havoc for the queer community here in the United States. They are in with the libs of TikTok. The libs of TikTok is an account that outs queer people, doxes queer people, and makes it uh, and makes life hell for queer and liberal and leftist and progressive thinking people. She's liked their tweets. She has, which means she's looking at them. They are showing up in her feed. She is seeking this information out. That information from earlier, she sent some uh, some uh, some information that she had copy and pasted off of an anti-trans website and sent it with another set of, of, of words to a nine-year-old who had drawn a picture of something for a new children's book that she's, that, 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 that she's working on, which means that she had something ready in her clipboard. She had been copy and pasting it for something. And she sent it off to that nine-year-old without like checking to see if there was something that shouldn't be there. Like these, this is the world she's living in now. She's no, this is no longer just like, oh, like, like middle-aged Twitter discourse. She is actively engaging in this world in a very dangerous way. And like you just said, she has a lot more power than people want to give her credit for. And she has a lot Rachel more power. As Rachel Maddow would say, she's living on earth too. <laughs> earth too. I like that. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And, and it's her way of saying these people live in a bizarro alternate universe. Um but there's so much bizarro alternate universe feelings facts out there on the web that like you she lives in this world. She lives on earth too. And to her earth too is real. Exactly. And she's uh and these these people that, that that she's engaging with are also related to the Proud Boys and to all these other far right anti LGBTQ groups that are infiltrating drag shows and attacking drag story hours and attacking people who don't appear to to meet their gender standards when using bathrooms. These are the people that she's emboldening and telling you're doing the right thing. Keep doing that. And. She's uh, in line with another person who's telling people to do that exact same thing. Posey Parker, that individual we talked about before, who is a TERF, who is a gender critical individual. Um, she said, I'm just going to read this out loud. Um, this is what she said in that interview that we watched just a little bit ago. I'm talking about you dads who may be Carrie. I think that's what you say. I'm so down with the American lingo. Barf, by the way. Yeah. Just like, down the American lingo. Oh, God, gross. Maybe you carry, maybe you don't. Maybe you consider yourself a protector of women. Maybe you're that sort of man. Maybe you have a daughter or a mother or a wife. Maybe you have a sister. Maybe you have friends. Maybe you just think women are human and you don't need an absolute connection with them to feel compelled to protect us. I think you should start using women's toilets, men. When I heard that... What do you say to that? My first reaction to that quote was, I do agree with desegregating toilets. <laughs> um, like, I don't think gender-assigned toilets are a great thing. Like, so my first thought I also was, agree. But that's not what she's saying. She's not saying... She's saying... Um, let's send armed men into women's bathrooms to protect 
with uh, it's just it's because like what do you even say it's well first of all her, her i was like don't act like anyone doesn't have a connection to women. Like we all, I, I love it when people maybe you have a sister. Like you do. Like what do you? Ah, it's so much. There's just I don't even know. It's everything she says is offensive and rude, and I um I don't even know what she's saying. What are you saying? You're you're basically asking men with guns to terrorize women, which I don't know. I'm exhausted but by But specifically it. women that you don't think are real women. Yeah. Which exactly. gives them discretion to terrorize anybody that they don't think meets their standards of a biological woman. Whatever the fuck that's supposed to mean. And also the right wing loves slippery slope arguments. So let's use that. Ugh. Like that's a slippery slope. What is a woman? What kind of hair does she have? What is her hair color? What her hair is pretty. How that's big what. do her breasts <laughs> need to be to be considered breasts? Like, is this what you're saying? That you want the universe to start being so scrutinizing women like then what's happened i don't know like is everybody gonna fit into a category then uh, like are they all gonna fit into your categories and then what are you gonna call those people <laughs> i don't know what to do and again again you're trying so hard and i think it's a beautiful effort on your part to like make sense of this argument that really honestly is incoherent it doesn't make any sense it's missing a lot of context and when you try to put it in context your brain starts to like melt right so that's part of it too they're trying to send us who actually see through the argument they're trying to send us into a frenzy of confusion and frustration and anger and they love to do that we're going to talk a little bit about that in a little bit here they love that they love seeing us sputter they love seeing us confused and beaten down and scared frankly and so we're going to jump back in to uh, the Jimquisition. We're going to jump back into the second half of this video. And you and I are going to watch the, the, the whole rest of it. I'll intercut a little bit of it in here. Um, but we're going to get into Hogwarts Legacy now. We're going to get a little bit into talking about the game. The thing that kind of sparked a lot of this um, in the first place. And we're going to start off by just getting another person's take on this. Somebody who I might add has a entire decade and plus working directly in the video game sphere and also has seen the way that they're coming out as trans, non-binary, has changed the way that the industry deals with them. So we're going to talk a little that we're going to let uh, uh, James Stephanie Sterling tell us a little story here and then you and I are going to talk about it a little bit. So let's jump back in here. Let's I'm just going to share the screen here. Let's do it. Here we go. I know I'm not changing any minds here. The bigots and Potter fans and people who just want to enjoy a video game made their decision. The allies who want to separate art from artists or hate JKR but just always wanted to Skyrim a Hogwarts made their decision. And regardless of intent, all of you look exactly the same to JK Rowling. See, while people have tried to justify Hogwarts Legacy by saying JKR had no direct involvement, that doesn't change the fact she makes direct money from sales. More importantly, it doesn't change the truly insidious aspect of Harry Potter's continued success. 
JKR takes it as explicit endorsement of her views. She thinks the success of Harry Potter means people agree with her, and she's said so before. There is no difference in hers or any other TERF's mind between the people who bought Hogwarts because they wanted a fun wizard game, and the people spite buying it to demonstrate the powerlessness trans people already feel. Intent doesn't matter. You're all just supporters to her. You are all permission. I'm not saying you're transphobic for buying Hogwarts Legacy. I'm saying you're not an ally. You handed that card in because you couldn't do the barest minimum. You couldn't make the simplest stand. Not a single one of you are under any obligation to refuse this game. I'm not demanding it of you, and I'm not going to say you're an inherently bad person for it. But I do not trust you. I can't count on you. Can't think you have our backs. I can't feel safe with you. And sorry, but you don't get to feel hurt by that. You get to enjoy your media product. So that's that section of the video. Um, I really want to focus in on JK Rowling at the end there in particular. She has said that on multiple occasions. It doesn't matter to me that I have alienated so many queer people because I still make money and I'm still rich. That's her response. That's all she fucking has to say. So you can see now why when I say that allyship is actually an action, that's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. And I agree with Jim entirely there. I agree with James, with, 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 with James Stephanie, 100%. It doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a transphobe. But if you bought this game, you, you crossed a line. You crossed over that line of allyship. You handed back your ally card and said, this game is more important to me than all the people. And I know you can equivocate. We can all equivocate. They didn't know. They didn't know. I know that a lot of this information feels new, but it wasn't that hard to seek out. It's right there on the front page of Google. All you have to do is search J.K. Rowling transphobia, and I guarantee, and I'm not talking about the people we know, there are a lot of gamers that knew and are relishing in the fact that this boycott didn't work. I know because I looked up a lot of YouTube videos from people gleefully gloating that trans people weren't able to convince people to not buy this game. They're excited that trans people are sad and upset. So that's what I mean when I say that. It's hard. And I, I, yeah, what this discussion has really forced me to examine is that term ally and when we use the term ally, we're saying that you actively are trying to promote trans rights. And so if you buy this game, you aren't an ally. I do agree with that statement because what we're saying is um, not that you don't have trans friends and not that you don't love your trans friends. Um, Absolutely. What we're saying is the little bit of discomfort it would take to not buy a game that you think looks fun. Um, you're not willing to do that. <laughs> you're not willing yeah. to do that small piece. And, um, and, and so that, because I, I I can tell you that the people who bought this game probably aren't also donating money to trans organizations. They're probably not um, out there protesting or volunteering at a LGBTQ organization. And so what that means is that 
you are saying I'm an ally because I be- I so I personally l- love like trans people and believe trans rights are good. But that's all you're doing is that you're you believe mm-hmm. that in your personal life, um, but you're not vocal about it in a, any public way, and you're not doing anything to change minds and. Is that necessarily good or bad? I don't really want to put a value judgment on it right now because I'm still, uh, I still am upset that uh, I had to do this little deep dive, <laughs> and I'm yeah. I'm a little upset that uh, people who buy this game aren't allies, and that I had to come to that realization. But it's good. I'm glad I did the difficult think work it took to come to that conclusion because what we're saying is ally is not just believing trans people are good ally is actually doing something and then that forced me to examine my own allyship um not necessarily to trans people but to because i uh but to um other communities like if i wanted to if i want to be an ally to a community to people of color i have to actually do stuff i have to actually be donating money protesting um you can't just be an ally because of your personal beliefs and not do anything and so I think that's what this conversation is really about. And so just like James Stephanie Sterling said, you're not a bad person and you're not transphobic, but you aren't an ally. And if you disagree with that, you have to realize what that word means. And Mm -hmm. I knew what that word meant, but it sounds like you're saying, anyway, I'm rambling now. No, uh, uh, honestly, I didn't think that got rambly at all. I could, I could hear you also in real time. Like this is a hard thing to talk about. It's hard to. You and I had a conversation after we stopped recording last week that got really difficult, and I actually brought that conversation to my therapist this past week. Not because I was like, <laughs> but more, but more like I needed more time to process that because the way that I experienced that that conversation was uh, in a in a state of like hyper elevated central nervous system traumatic up like i was like oh no oh no they don't agree with me oh no oh no i'm alone in this oh no and i that's not really what was happening but that's what my body thought and it's because this issue is so hard it's so it's so hard to talk about not because the concept is hard trans people exist and trans people are good and we should just like move on we that's that that's not at the heart of this and there's no one perfect way to be an ally. You will, we will discover and rediscover and do well and not so well throughout our lives, right? We'll be better sometimes and not as good sometimes. And the idea that we have to be perfect at it all the time is actually what stops so many people from actively becoming more of an ally is that fear of doing it wrong. So I want to tell all you out there right now, if you bought this game, I stand by what we just said and also that doesn't mean that there aren't other ways that you can stand in solidarity with trans people. In fact, if you check underneath this video, I'll be posting a lot of links that you can go to to stand in solidarity with trans people. And if you got an extra buck or two or a couple of extra hours and there's one in your area, you should probably go out and do something. Spend a little money or time. Because honestly, sometimes that's all it takes. Um, and it shouldn't be to make yourself feel better. It should be because you actually want to stand in solidarity with people who are actively being like that there are people who want to genocide us <laughs> and it's scary out there right now 
And um, we still love all of you. Thank you so much for listening if you are listening and that did make you feel uncomfortable or sad. Thank you so much for continuing to listen because that's how we move through this is by having hard conversations, feeling the feelings, processing the feelings, and then doing something, you know? Right. If you bought this game and then you're doing a bunch of other stuff to offset that, uh, call you an ally. I'm just saying we're we're and what I think James Stephanie Sterling is saying is that's probably not the majority of people who bought this game. The majority of people no. are like saying, um, I I just believe good things personally. And I bought this game and that's fine. But JK Rowling's become a demon monster. And we really need to we do we need to throw her product away and throw her away. Um it's hard because I think what's most difficult about it for me, and we don't want to be defeatist, but these protests just don't seem to work. People, Hobby Lobby wouldn't give a, a women, female employees, or any employee, uh, contraceptive health care, right? And I don't think right. a company should be able to pick and choose. So I don't shop at Hobby Lobby. But there's one in town and people shop there and it disgusts me. Oh, yeah. But it's so I think I do have a bit of a defeatist attitude too. I'm like, these protests don't seem to work. Um, but we can't think that way just because all we can do is control our own actions, educate others as best we can and just let people know that yeah, this organization does bad stuff and we should hold them accountable. Um, just like J.K. Rowling, we should hold her accountable. You're a transphobe. You're fueling the fire. I, I don't. Uh, and w- no, we there's plenty of other wonderful fantasy out there to indulge. Mm-hmm. In. There also, uh, I'll I'll post a list underneath. I found I think it was um it I I can't remember which site it was, and I have to I'll, I'll post the link. 10 video games like Hogwarts Legacy where you get to cosplay as a wizard in a first person kind of way or a witch or a magical person of some of some distinction. So I'll post that down below, too, because if you're looking for another game where you get to play as a magical person, I can hook you up with that. Because, again, there are tens of millions of games out there. There are so many games. And I just just in a personal place. Harry Potter got me through my adolescence. It is part of the reason that I developed an identity of somebody who wanted to stand for something. I thought Hermione Granger was the most brilliant character. I thought that she, and she was interesting because she wasn't perfect all the time. And I really, really identified with Luna Lovegood and that that kind of weirdo character who no one seems to like, but doesn't seem to care. Um, I kind of wanted to be that person. And I am one of those people that read Harry Potter Again and again and again. I used to keep a a counter. I think I was up to 20 times through Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And then I also had the Jim Dale audiobooks. And I listened to them constantly because I found Jim Dale's voice very soothing. And it was a story I already knew. I didn't have to think too hard. I could fall asleep to it. I don't have that anymore. That got ripped away from me. And I don't hold that against anybody. But that is something that I have to live with. That that thing that really helped me that helped shape me is now something that brings me nothing but misery and anger and sadness. 
And I don't want to leave it on that, but I just want to make it clear that like, when I say it's really easy to not buy a video game, I'm saying it because it is kind of, there's a lot of other things out there, but it is, but one thing I will say is that it is hard to let go of something that brought you joy. It's hard to let go of something that brought you joy. I want to leave room for that kind of empathy because I do agree. It's hard to let go of something that brought you joy. And oh, I was just going to say, and, and an argument uh, against this that I hear a lot is that nobody is perfect and no company is perfect. And you're going to be hard pressed to buy anything. And what we're saying is we're not talking about buying a video game where the creator is secretly a transphobe. And to themselves, they're like, I hate to, you know, I don't even want to say that phrase. But um, no, we're talking about a game where someone is so publicly transphobic that they donate money to causes. They are having public discussions online with these fueling fires. J.K. Rowling is not secretly transphobic. She is actively working against trans communities. So um, so that's what we're saying. Like, of course, you're going to support... Like, I, we, I shopped at Target the other day, and I know that's not good. Target does bad things, and I honestly probably don't know the extent of it. Maria Bamford probably could tell us. Uh, <laughs> but, um, she did some advertising. <laughs> but um, anyway, what's my point? What's my point? We're not talking about people being perfect we're talking about this person is so publicly transphobic that we can clearly say we should not support her product just like with hobby mm-hmm. lobby they went to court and by going to court you're setting legal precedents allowing companies yeah. to pick and choose healthcare so our are all Christian-based companies bad? No, but Hobby Lobby is not good. <laughs> so Neither is Chick-fil-A for very much the same reason, right, although they so hate it, us too. So it's like we're not saying <laughs> we're not saying that uh, Nintendo is perfect just because they have a Switch, right? We're we're just saying that they are not actively out there promoting. Well, I don't know. If they are, please let me know, and I'll I'll be very sad. I was going to say, we'll probably have to do an episode about that, too. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, but, uh... we're, not, we're not saying every, that there are perfect companies out there. We're just saying companies out there that are not actively working against us. Exactly. And we want to we we want to live in a world where we can believe that things can get better that that defeatist kind of thought process is natural because of how much we've had to endure yeah. <laughs> over the last two decades and also we can fight against it and that's why again down below there's going to be some ways for you to just just peruse see if there's anything that you want to get behind because that's the first step is just figuring out how to start and where to start and social media is a total cesspool of misery and also an excellent tool for finding ways to get involved in activist communities in your community. There's always someone and something in that area working for something good. So if that's something that really moves you, please feel free to check it out and let us know about something going on. We would love to highlight it. So, okay, we are nearing 
um, the very, very like ec- like the the crux of how long we ever want an episode to be. Yeah. So just some final thoughts, Mama. Some things I think we've 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 kind of done that already. But just maybe maybe a little bit of parting wisdom if you'd like to impart it. Um. Just that I think I think the lesson we can learn from these hateful people is to be always thinking critically and always keep your empathy, even for the horrible. I'm not saying you have to have be empathetic for the horrible people, but like always keep that because that is something we have that they don't. So always yeah. keep your empathy and your critical thinking that is something we're doing that they're not and that makes us better um so is is this is a tough conversation and are are there necessarily absolutes no there aren't absolutes that's what makes it so difficult but just always be critically thinking and have empathy and that's what that the, the other people aren't doing they're not critically thinking about this and they're not having any empathy for the damage they're causing so what are your parting words I just think that's a beautiful sentiment. And I have said so much today that I think all I have left to say is. Slancha. <sighs> Slancha. Until next time, we promise it'll be a palate cleanser. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be happy. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to be happy queer people. Happy. <laughs> happy queer people. <laughs> that's a perfect spot to end. <laughs>